Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here's your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. So welcome, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, for those of us who would love to sit in for the entire panel, uh, we have the seating up front. And for those who are caring to go in and out, uh, we have the couches and things in the back. Um, so welcome to our humble joint discussion panel. This is an event that was conceptualized by Dr. Pepe Hernandez to unite medical and recreational cannabis users, farmers, business owners, and product developers, allowing us to openly discuss important topics in the cannabis industry and how they relate directly to our community. Many of us don't need an introduction, but for those who do, Dr. Pepper Hernandez is a holistic health practitioner, life food nutritionalist, cannabis therapy consultant, cannabis content writer for several publications, including the Emerald Magazine, uh, she is CEO of Natural Medicine on the Plaza, which is located in the Jacoby Storehouse. And she is the founder and educational director for the, whole, uh, the Cannabis Holistic Institute. And the list does go on, um, but most recently she's founded the non-for-profit Humboldt Holistic Foundation. And so this evening we have our panel discussion, but we're also holding a fundraiser for the Humboldt Holistic Foundation. And so if you're interested in finding out more about this, you can visit drpepperhernandez.com and click on any one of the links there on the website. And you can also visit me at the table in the back. And we also have a silent auction going on. Um, so if you'd love to check out all of the goodies that local establishments have contributed, that's on the table there in the back as well. And so without further ado, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you, Jessica, and thank you all who came. I really appreciate you for being here. I see a lot of very friendly faces, and I appreciate you all. I want to start by thanking a few people who have really put this together. First off, my little crew here, Elio, Noah, and Gavino for doing all of the filming and the lights. We have audio by Chris back here. This is a complete <coughs> compassion project. And when I say that, I mean super grassroots, meaning even Jessica at the front, Melissa here who have spearheaded this project with me, everyone's donated their time. Even all of our speakers here tonight have made time to come to educate our community. So I mean full all the way around. And I also want to thank Jenny Anderton. I can't where she's at. Oh, little Jenny. Okay, she's right here. Jenny, raise your hand. She um, owns Humboldt Infusions, and she has donated her space this evening, which is extremely generous. So truly, 
everyone's donating their time, and each of you have come to donate your time to listen as well. And so we hope that you walk away with something really amazing. Um, so I just wanted to get those thank yous across. We also have some contributors that have worked with us tonight to give our guests some really fun uh, little gifts, as well as for the silent auction. That was Arcata Corpolatis, Humboldt CBD, It's Alive Kombucha, Root and Bones, Ramones Bakery, Leaf Organics, Northtown Coffee, a lot more than just that. There was a lot of people that once we reached out and said, hey, this is what we're doing, they were very excited to get involved with this particular project simply because it was cannabis and a lot of our local businesses do not, you know, maybe they're not into cannabis specifically, but they're on our plaza who want to somehow be involved. And so that is happening this evening. So I want to thank all of those people if you're, yeah, <laughs> woohoo! Give them all a happy. Um, as Jessica touched on, this is the Humboldt Joint Discussions, which is really put together by um, our Humboldt Holistic Foundation. And if you want to support that in any way, you're more than welcome to tune in with her. Also, this is a part of the Cannabis Holistic Institute. So if you're interested in taking um, courses or want to know anything about that, please let me know afterwards. Uh, without further ado, let's introduce all of the panelists. Our topics tonight is going to be, well, the idea of tonight's discussion is the cannabis fingerprint, which is getting the correct cultivar or type of cannabis to the medicinal patient and that whole entire supply chain because there is some pieces there that are missing. And we wanna know not simply just the education, but how do we actually, once we find the cultivar, how do we get the grower to grow it? How do we get it organic? All these good things, right? So we have a phenomenal staff tonight. Um, let's get started with telling you who they are. <laughs> they have extremely extensive bios, so I needed to write them down and not memorize them all. <laughs> Even though I know each one of them and they're all very kind people or I wouldn't have had them in our company tonight. First, we have Dr. Uh, Roy King. You can probably raise your hand for me. Yeah, okay, that's, that's Dr. Roy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dr. King has a PhD in math from Cornell. He is an MD from Stanford. He is a graduate of the Cannabis Holistic Institute here in Humboldt County. He also has a local private practice here in Arcata. He is fascinated by alternative approaches to mental health, including yoga, meditation, cannabis, and art therapy. And to date, he has published over 100 articles. Is that well, true or that, more? That's true. More that's than so that? True. More than that, probably yeah. now. <laughs> so welcome. Thank, Thank you again, you. Dr. So King. Much. <laughs> that gives me a little time to situate, so thank you. Okay, so our next uh, speaker is, and I've practiced this all day, Craig the Jedley. But now people, like you said, Jedi, right? Is that right? <laughs> I would tell you the whole story. There's not enough time for that. But Craig is the owner of Satori Wellness Dispensary and has been focused, he has been a focused entrepreneur in cannabis sector for over 20 years here in our community. He founded the Satori Movement, with a life, which is a lifestyle brand focused on sustainability. 
He began high-grade distribution, which sold Satori and other brands across the globe into over 30 countries. Mm. He founded Talking Tree Farms um, and was a pioneer for permitting cannabis farms before permitting was even available. Now, to date, he holds over 11 cannabis permits. (laughs) Pretty bad. Gretchen Peel is a, she's a registered nurse who is enrolled in the Cannabis Holistic Institute. If you don't know her, she is a very kind soul. I absolutely love and adore her. Um, she is an executive assistant to the CEO and head of Consumer Goods Department at Arcada X, which is a state licensed cannabis manufacturing facility. Um, as a cannabis patient advocate, she seeks to help others share holistic healthcare solutions. Please clap for Gretchen. <laughs> now we have Daniel. Daniel is the co-founder and CEO of, of Hendrix Farms. Did you raise your hand so they knew who you are? We are going down the line. So. <laughs> I was just going to jump around, but it's easier to go down the line and me just adjust here. Hendrix Farms holds an annual California cannabis nursery license. Hendrix Farms provides compliant, clean cannabis, plant genetics to the licensed cannabis producers in California. Mm. Hendrix was voted best nursery 2000, oh, I was about to say 2020, which is probably true, <laughs> but uh, 2018 and 2019. You can, you can clap for Daniel. And now we have Brooke. Can I move this side? I'm going to go right here so they can still see me, but they can see you. This is Brooke here. Uh, Brooke has a wealth of knowledge in sustainable farming practices. She has apprenticed a um, a variety of farmers, various amount of farmers and ranchers around the U.S. and in Europe. She is a part of the Mellow Marsh Medicinal team and started cultivating cannabis managing various aspects of California-based mutual benefit company. She was named one of the best bud tenders here in Humboldt in two, for 2019. Currently, Brooke is a floor manager at a local dispensary and a brand ambassador for a le- the Legion of Bloom. <laughs> That's Brooke. Okay, so I'm going to come around the corner here, and we're going to ask some questions. The first 30 minutes, we're going to be listening to the speakers. I have a a few questions that I'd like to ask them about how we get the right type of cannabis cultivar into (coughs) the patient's hand and what is the break in that supply chain, how to make that a little bit easier. So we have some questions for them. The last 15 minutes of our talk, we will be opening up to your, the guest here, so you can ask questions to any of our panelists if we have time. And it's question, possible answer, okay? <laughs> Did everybody practice that? You feel pretty good? All right. Okay. Dr. King, I want to start with you simply because 
what is going on out there? You are the one who's seeing the patients, truly. And what are the patients asking for? Do they know what they're talking about in cannabis? Obviously, Humboldt is a very unique area. But what are patients coming to you for? Are they even coming to you for cannabis yet? Do they, do, what questions are they asking? What's going on out there? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to <clears throat> thank you. I'm thrilled that you invited me here. I so utterly enjoyed the uh, cannabis certificate course that I took a, a, a year ago. Uh, I was wondering if this is like an auxiliary impeachment hearing or something like <laughs> it was set up, but I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, in terms of your, your, your question, which I think is a really important, significant one, is that there is a lack, a dearth of knowledge among clients, among uh, patients who come to me about uh, uh, cannabis. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, I'm a psychiatrist, and a lot of the issues I uh, work with are people who are suffering from trauma or uh, anxiety disorders or, you know, kind of you know, a refractive depression, you know, if can't get out of bed, they're feeling, you know, really horrible. And most of the patients, most of the clients have been on kind of big pharma medications, which, you know, may help 60, 70, 80% of the people, but a lot of people don't necessarily respond to that. In addition, you know, a lot of the medicines, you know, don't work after a year or two. They become less, you know, uh, efficacious. They become less effective uh, over, over time. So I'm really into, you know, educating people about alternative ways of working with anxiety and uh, depression. And in terms of cannabis, uh, the first thing that I really will talk about, probably because it's easier for me to discuss that, you know, as a physician, would be CBD, you know, for anxiety. And a lot of people say, well, CBD, isn't that illegal or something? You know, I mean, in, in nationally, and I just explain at least the shifting uh, legal uh, uh, state of, of consuming CBD or recommending uh, CBD. And the studies, the, the, the studies in the literature, although few because of the uh, restriction on research in, in, in America, a lot of studies come from, from, from abroad, show that at least CBD uh, does a, a couple of really important things. One is that it appears to be helpful in social anxiety. A couple of studies indicate that. People who, you know, like speakers, people stand up here getting anxious about, you know, talking. Uh, one study shows that CBD really helps, uh, you know, reduce that fear, that freezing sense. Uh, the other thing which is really important is that high-dose THC, and, you know, I'll talk about that in a, in a bit, high-dose THC does impart in vulnerable people a risk for sativa thoughts, psychosis, a lot of things that, that people don't want. I mean, particularly who are anxious, they'll get panicky and, and everything. So a mixture of CBD and THC, strains, cultivars that, you know, have both, you know, can be uh, very helpful. So I talk a lot about CBD and then maybe mixtures uh, that are, uh, uh, it, it make people less anxious. Um, that said, uh, the other thing that's sort of interesting, I don't think people really know that much about, is the research shows that low-dose THC, you know, like 10 milligrams and so on, can help reduce anxieties. When you get higher doses, 20, 30, 40, 100 milligrams, 
that you get this effect, you know, in the brain that can cause even, you know, an extreme psych psychosis or psychotic, like, you know, uh, feelings and ex experiences. So I, I basically do education for, for people uh, in anxiety. Also, as a physician, I, I, a lot of people have chronic pain. They're on opiates. As of a year or two ago, almost no one can get opiates for chronic pain, you know, because of this, this horrific death from fentanyl and uh, other kinds of medications on the, on, on the street. Uh, and so CBD uh, and THC, to some extent, can be you know, extremely effective in uh, chronic pain. So a lot of people shift, particularly people of the, uh, who are older, you know, who may not know so much about you know, kind of the culture, younger people, Gen X, you know, you know, uh, millennials uh, know about. Uh, a lot of people need to be educated on the, the herb, and, you know, and, and the d diversity of effects and how not all cannabis is the, is the same. So I do a lot of that, and uh, you know, I think Humboldt's a wonderful place to create such a phenomenon. I'm totally into creating community, and I think we, we are so unique here, and we're far in advance of other places in terms of you know, this, 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 this medical subject. Uh, so yeah, I would say that's kind of how I see it. Okay, so may I ask you a question about specifics? What is your patient load asking you? Do they know what strain to look for? Are they even there no. yet? Right. Do they know percentage? Do they know cultivar? Like, do they know what does what? I mean, what cannabinoids to look for? Right. No, 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 no. They, to look for? they just have no Yeah, clue. they don't know. They a and lot of them never heard about terpenes and the. Yeah. Entourage effect, which is um, so they're not research. there yet. They're not they're there not yet. yet. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. And so, any of you want to comment on that? I know that Gretchen, you're a nurse, and um, I don't know if that you're still you're working consulting with people. But what are you seeing happening in Humboldt? Do people? I mean, the average person, the average bear, because we're all in our little niche, and right. we see our, who we see. But who, what are you saying? I think even here in our little niche, we're all kind of on the forefront of learning about this together. And I think that the education isn't quite there yet. And as a nurse, patient advocate, and growing into this role of being a cannabis consultant to be studying the Cannabis Holistic Institute, um, education is paramount. And the terpenes are incredible. I mean, the same two different strains could have similar cannabinoid profiles but depending on the terpene profile one strain could make you want to go out and talk to everybody and the other could make you want to take a nap even with the same cannabinoid profile so um i'm finding i mean i don't yet converse converse with many and i don't have an assessment of where the education level is but i but but where it's going i really would like to lean into um Education, it really, uh, education, education. And I wanted to um, offer myself, at, as part of my studies at the Cannabis Holistic Institute, for whomever's watching, whoever's here, please reach out to me on Facebook, Gretchen Peel on Facebook, if you have any questions, I would love to oh, learn the answers. <laughs> Be careful. To, to the questions. And if I can't find them or if it's not legal for me to answer it with, within my scope. Oh, no, I just meant you make it a lot because we're on Facebook Live right now. Yeah. This is going out to probably 100,000 yeah. people. So, yeah. I'm here. Ready? <laughs> so, um, thank you for offering that. That's so kind. Um, Brooke. 
Bree Brook, which who, I don't know if I said your last name earlier. I'm so sorry about that. It's Brooke Bree Brook. She's the bud tender that we're going to be talking to tonight. So you're you're basically like the bud tender for Humboldt County. That's going to give us the idea. <laughs> What are you seeing at the dispensary? Who, who is coming in? What do they know? Are they looking for medicinal cannabis? Are they looking for recreational cannabis? I mean, where are we at now? Yeah, so we have seen um, quite an increase in people that are becoming educated in this field. I would say that it is still predominantly in maybe 10% or under range with people who are coming into the shop and communicating with us. And it seems that the majority of their knowledge is actually kind of niche-centered. So they might be informed on um, cartridges, for example, but they aren't really sure about the actual processes of what goes into uh, cultivating, harvesting, and packaging and actually getting that cannabis to the shelf. Um, I don't, you know, I don't believe that they fully have a comprehension of all of the beneficial compounds that are within the cannabis plant. I think that typically since uh, hemp legalization has come through, the main focus has been CBD predominantly. Um, there is, you know, over 100 beneficial cannabinoids within the cannabis plant, and, um, you know, stressing that full spectrum is actually what's more medicinally better for you is um, a concept that we're still widely trying to get across every day. Uh, just touching back to, are we seeing doctors actually uh, recommending cannabis as a medicine to patients. We actually are seeing patients coming in, but it seems to be that doctors are focusing more on severe cases, um, epilepsy and cancer in particular. But I do think cannabis can be widely used for other um, medicinal issues that patients are facing as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So are you seeing here in our community physicians actually sending their patient in with specifics, though? Not just like, hey, go to the dispensary, pick something up. Yeah. Like, are you seeing them say, I need this particular strain with this particular dosage, like, I need to make sure it's a topical? Mm -hmm. Like, are we dialing it in like that yet? So I think that doctors are beginning to dial in, at least telling people that you need to be looking for um, CBD predominantly if they are facing, you know, seizures, for example. Um, but as far as what medicine to use, like a tincture, a salve, a flower, for the most part, they aren't really, really informed on what they should be going for. So where do you think that that's falling? Like, where, whose lap does that fall in, yours? Yeah, it definitely falls into our lap as bud tenders, I think. Being educated and trying to keep growing and gaining certs in the topic is one of the best things we can do. And I think that sharing those resources with each other is one of the most beneficial things that we can do to broaden our knowledge and be a resource for the patients that come in, 100%. They, um, they deserve that feedback yeah. as well. I mean... And it's important that we get that knowledge out there so that they know there is some other alternative that's going to be less harsh on their body overall. But Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. A hot potato off you. <laughs> I just like had this full-on dialogue with you. So, Craig, I have a question for you. You're a dispensary owner. You're a, you've been a farmer. You have your hands in a lot of things. How do you see that connection happening? As a dispensary owner, how do you educate either your staff, because more and more people are coming in for medicinal medicine, and that's a level to keep up to, right? Maybe before it was recreational, I don't know. Um, a lot of people were coming into dispensaries for recreation, but now the shift has changed. I mean, are you seeing that? Can you talk to that or speak to that topic at all and, and what you can do to 
help yeah. educate? I mean, a little bit. Uh, we're not medical professionals, so we can't give medical advice. Okay, that's what so, I was going to ask too. Like, how far can you go? You know, we can give or the bud tenders or uh, the you know the ones interacting with the people that come in can give suggestions and recommendations and kind of what works for them or what might work for other people, but we can't say, oh, this is going to work for you because that, there could be a liability issue there. But all in all, it all revolves back to that there's just so little research done in all the amazing facades that cannabis has to offer. So we're just, I mean, I'm not the doctor, but we're just touching the surface on what the, terp the terpene and the cannabinoid content and the entourage effect between the terpenes in the cannabinoid content and where that goes and where that lies, it's like no one has the answers to that yet, in my opinion. I think we're all research is just scratching the surface. There's very limited federal research and in, in put into that. And so I think it's really interesting and great times because we're having to research it and figure that out on our own. But again, we can't give medical advice. We can give suggestions and yeah. recommendations. Yeah. So if you are interested, I have over 400 sources on my website that you can go to for research that's been done around the world. Now, the United States doesn't really federally fund um, cannabis research at this moment. They do, but the weed is, I mean, just straight up, it's swag weed. It is not Humboldt grown, organic, yummy, yummy weed. It's just not. So the studies that are being done with that particular cannabis, in my opinion, is nothing like what can actually, the studies that actually can be done if they did a study here. So with our cannabis and our vibe. But there are plenty of um, site, sites to research and references on my website. Like I said, there's over 400 links there from Canada, which Canada is pushing out some of the most amazing research right now. And they're super educating their nurses. And there's a whole thing that I can go on on that one and the reason why um, they want to see their communities healthy because it saves them money actually where it's kind of the reverse here in the US um, but with that being said there is a lot of research being done and I'm wondering if it's if we're just at that point where the dispensary owners the bud tenders the nurses the geneticists the physicians the naturopaths need to start connecting and getting on board and that's the whole reason for this panel and so Daniel I have a question for you because you've been doing this for a very long time and you've dialed in genetics, what grows well here, and what you can tune in. Is there any one that you're connecting with with saying, hey, this is growing amazing here. Let's find out what it's good for in the body system, and let's start dialing it in and like focusing it on maybe, um, for example, like the nurses, or for like the senior center, or for people who have epilepsy, the Epilepsy Foundation, or the cancer, you know, like, are, are you working with anybody? Because I mean, if I not, love, we should. <laughs> I love this, like, you know, panel assembly because you can, like, see, you know, Pepper's vision. Yeah, and it's in line with what, you know, the community needs, right? You've got the dispensaries. You've got uh, nursery, you know, seeking the different profiles that the plant can provide. You know, you've got the bud tenders. You've got nurses. You've got doctors. And it does take all of us working together in the supply chain to make it reach that end person because 
you know, I don't know, my view on the medical system is there's a lot of great resources, the doctors, the hospitals, they're all great resources, but you really want to be somebody who knows, you want to self-diagnose, you know, you want to say, is this working for me? What am, what am I really feeling? What, what, do I, what do I need to improve that's going to make me feel healthy and happy? And so, you know, this panel, you know, we, Craig and I are fortunate enough, we work together and it, it, one of the challenges is finding the right product and reaching the end person, right? Because they might come to our website and say, you know, I've got an autistic daughter, I need, you know, a CBD source that fits this profile, I need it to be whole extract. I want to find your plants in the wild, you know, where can I go find that in a retail environment? And we're not doctors, so we don't know how to recommend that that's even a good idea. We need, you know, medical professionals to help aid in that and make sure that they're making a good decision. And then we need cooperation through the distribution, through the retail, through the education of the bud tenders to help that reach that end person. Because we see that all the time that there's people that want help and they have really serious medical conditions and you know that the plant can help them, but we don't know how to make that connect. And you know, countries like Canada are doing a lot better job in integrating you know, their insurance policies, their nurse practitioners, you know, their suppliers to actually achieve that. And, and you know, the thing that needs to happen is the US government policies need to change fast. Otherwise, we're going to look to the rest of the world to answer those questions, which is where, what we're doing now. Thank you. I have an idea, and any of you can answer, but I'm wondering how we get the whole supply chain to start working. Of course, it means the physicians, we need to be more educated. The bud tenders need to have more education, not just on the products that are in the space, but also just the bigger picture, which means that there needs to be some kind of liability that the dispensary owners can allow the bud tenders to give a little bit of information. That's why I created the Holistic Institute, was to have that bridge between physician and bud tender. But now there's another bridge that I'm not going to be able to make that connect with. So I'm hoping that maybe Daniel and Craig can kind of give me a little guidance or kind of see what that looks like. What is the reality of us figuring out what we need in our community and actually getting our farmers to grow that? Is that a reality? Because I know that this community has been based on consuming or producing cannabis that works for what can be grown here, correct? Mm -hmm. So what's the, how is that gonna work? Does that, is that a clear question? Like how do we get our, I mean, how, how far away are we from doing something like that to make Humboldt medicinal? Yeah, well if I understand the question, the question correctly, I would say it's a two-part answer. A is research provided by, you know, governments typically in big companies or, um, you know, nonprofits provide funding for research. And then on the micro level of our community, the farmers, everybody involved in the chain of events in the cannabis industry, um, the biggest hurdle is taxation. And it's not from the local so much as the state taxation, once you have to deal with cultivation tax, excise tax, payroll tax, every tax that we get 
for even workers' comp, and it's just an extreme burden, so there's not any room to maybe even make a profit, but beyond profit, some companies have an R&D, and if you can't barely make a profit and keep everybody employed and, and do what you're doing, you can't dedicate any funds to R&D. And so with overtaxation, it cuts out that avenue for R&D within companies, which is research and development, and be able to use some of your profits to research and develop products in, in a way of um, doing the business that could help more people medicinally. So I would say those are the two biggest challenges. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anyone else want to add to that at all? You know, I think that we want to try and preserve as much of the original medical cannabis, you know, laws that we originally proposed, like in Proposition 215, the right of, like, you know, to heal is a really important component of it, and that we don't want the new legalization to kind of focus only on the recreational, and we don't want that to overpower the importance of the medical. So I, I think that, you know, make, making sure that people understand that those rights and still exist and that nothing in the new industry, you know, made that obsolete because there's, there's, there's two points, you know, if you're a farmer and there's a heavy contraction going on, like there is in the industry right now where they're under a lot of pressure to turn a profit that, you know, in less educated communities than Humboldt, you know, you're just going to be driven towards THC as being your price point, you know, and although that's the most psychoactive component in cannabis, it, you know, like everybody said here in this panel, it, it requires the entourage effect to become like medicinally effective. So I think that maintaining the heritage of how cannabis became legal in California is, is a really important component. And, and I think that it also, the second thing is it comes from the community, you know, to demand that you want a, a higher quality interaction, you know, at your retail level that, you know, you, you need to go and find a doctor who's willing to help you understand that and work through the bud tenders to f achieve that, uh, an actual healing, because I know you can talk about anxiety. For me, I, you know, pain and the more serious medical ailments, I hear success stories all the time. But for me, anxiety was the tool that like, cannabis became the tool that helped me unlock parts of myself to be more successful. So I, I think that people have to be open-minded and have to proactively seek out the information uh, that's gonna drive the, the industry to follow the, the consumer, because that's what business is. It, it really follows the consumer. Thank you for that. And one good thing is that uh, the state of California did just pass the uh, compassion, I'm not exactly sure the wording of it, the compassion use. So now farms and licensed entities are allowed to provide free cannabis to medicinal patients. So that's oh, a that's new development. Huge. That yeah. really that's a huge important. development. Yeah, that happened in the last 30 days. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's huge. So what does that mean for our local community? Can you explain that? Well, it means if there's a medicinally inclined or, or individual that needs product for uh, medicinal uses, that we're, in a, we're allowed to provide that for free yeah. at this point. If they're matched up with the correct farmer. And the, like, can they just go anywhere and farmer. ask? Uh, yeah, I think it can be any licensed entity 
to uh, medically, not prescribed, but um, if they have their medical recommendation. Really? Yeah. That is wonderful. That's really good I'm not good sure news. of the limits, but... <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. wonderful it, news. There was, Did anyone uh, else know that? Did a group know in that? the Bay Area that really pushed hard for that. it. I didn't know that. So, yeah, now free medicine is an avenue available in, in our California. community. Well, that's, yeah. that's a wonderful end note. Thank you, Greg, for that. Yeah. That's so positive. Um, so does anyone want to add anything before we open it up for the floor for just a few questions? Well, I just want to kind of reiterate what, what uh, has been said on the, the panel is that <clears throat> I think economic factors have driven the ideal flower to be have high THC, but that's not ideal for you know medicinal uh, purposes. It's, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, any medicine from big pharma, you don't just take as high a dose as you can. I mean, it's titrated to the person, you know, and what they need, and people vary. So you have to do a lot, and I think butt tenders, you know, uh, are aware of that or should be aware of that, is that everybody is so different yeah. in their needs. And people need to come back and say, well, oh, this may be a little spacey or too much, or maybe I need a lower dose, or maybe I need a little higher dose. So there has to be that give and take between the client, the patient, and us, you know, the system. And uh, so that's why I wanted to, like, sort of emphasize that as well, underscore yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for that. It sounds like you've had actual experience with that. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, bud tenders are like the nurses of the industry at this yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, they play a really important part in interacting with the, uh, I mean, I hate to use the word consumer, but the consumer or the patient or the person looking for mm -hmm. a remedy or a relief. Uh, the bud the bud tenders are the like the front line, quote unquote nurses of that. How do you feel about that? Mark? Yeah, I mean it's an important role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's huge. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the patient. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Really are. How does and that feel? It it feels intense sometimes. You know, you you get people that are coming in there desperate for help, and you have to be the one to break it to them that your journey with cannabis might be long until you find something that's going to actually work for you because of that divide right now between education, uh, cultivators, and the retail space as well. Um, going back to your question, though, on what do we see as the solution yeah, for yeah. this, um, I, I think the biggest hurdle, as Craig had said, is federal legalization, because you know at some point, we would love to, I know most of these cannabis businesses would love to be involved with, say, HSU to develop studies here, and then in turn be able to work with those businesses to tell them, you should be growing this strain consistency, consistently for these patients that need it, that are dealing with you know, X remedy. But until we get it federally legalized, I think there is a hurdle there because of the funding that they receive from the government as well, but. Um, How can we figure that out as a community right and do that. That's like my piece. Yeah. That's my I mean, we have it all here. Too. We have the doctors, yeah. we have the, the researchers, you know, we have the cultivation. So yeah. it's just, so let's just do it getting over now. those walls. Yeah. <laughs> and I think by having more yeah. conversations with people like you um, together, we can figure it out or at least help our community or the people that come to us. Yeah. And yeah. then that can ripple out from there. So those people like yourself, who I don't know what your laws are and how much you can say and how much you can't say. You can send yeah. them to someone who, like, we own our practice, we can say whatever the hell we want, right? And, like, help people through, especially yeah. if it's our community, if it's our family. 
yeah, you know, the a bigger spectrum. I understand, <laughs> but yeah, the the words you choose to use within the dispensary, I'd say, are very much correlated to the supplement industry. When you yes. look at that, you can't say that it's going to cure something or that it's going to solve all your problems. You can say that it may help you with this, this, and that. And once again, going back to what you know, Dr. Roy said over here. Everyone's body is different. All of our endocannabinoid systems react differently. differently. And uh, depending on what medium you choose to ingest your cannabis, you know your body's going to react differently. Like when you ingest edibles, it's going to be transferred into delta 11 in your digestive system rather than that delta 9, which is going to create, who knows, a whole different experience for each person. So that dosing, you know, and being that emphasis with patients, especially if they've never used cannabis, is so vital. Like. You do not want to send someone off on a crazy trip their first time. Like, yeah. it's, that's not the point of our uh, our being there as a resource. Definitely not. And you know, you you hit a good point. Most bud tenders they have experience on their own, and they probably love cannabis, and that's why they're coming for that particular job. So they can help someone navigate a little bit, but also right using the correct wordage. Yeah. Right. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that we didn't touch on um, that I would like to touch on briefly, and then we can go right to questions. I know I said that a moment ago, but how important is the products that we are giving to our clients or our patients or referring out or you know the plants to the farmers how important is really getting quality organic products from seed to source like from the seed to the mouth like that's so important in our community i'm not certain if a lot of patients get that just yet in the rest of the world for certain craig you're, you're smiling talk to me yeah i mean at this point, California cannabis is cleaner than the food you eat. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the testing that we have to go through, any product that hits the retail so shelf true. in California has gone through way more rigorous testing in so many regards to the, compared to the food that you eat. Can you say that again clearly into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Our weed is safer than your food. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, a, and it's a costly endeavor. I mean, testing is a huge expense. I mean, it's, it's a five-figure expense for us every week. And like I said, our cannabis and anyone's cannabis in California that's in the legal market, that's been tested and on the shelves, is beyond tested of what our food is tested at. Uh, and just touching on that as well, you know, you legally as a patient or a recreational user have the right to request those COAs or those certificate of analysis. So we as bud tenders should always know where those are, have those ready and available for you, and you are more than welcome to ask for that resource at all times. If you're in the state of California and a dispensary does not make those available to you, just get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That was a that I had to lean into getting the right medicine to the right patient as far as educating them that it's not just this rainbow sunshine or blue dream blend. It's You can get to know the terpene profile and flavonoid profile to learn and hopefully be guided by bud tenders and nurses and other people that are entering into the cannabis medical field to get to learn how those different fingerprints, as we call them, the full cannabis profile can affect the body systems that are associated with the ailments or the goal that the, the medical patient is seeking to achieve. 
So I'm glad to hear that you guys have the, the COAs. Oh yeah. The yeah. certificate of analysis. Individual yeah, patients don't want, don't have the education or the time to educate themselves on those. Reach out to people like, you know, Dr. Pepper, Gretchen, or like Dr. King, because that's how you're gonna get the answers that you need. I think we all on this panel geek out to COAs. Yes. <laughs> well, one thing that's not necessary is testing for terpenes. The state doesn't regulate that you have to test for terpenes. At Talking Trees, we terpene test all our smokable products just for the it's sake awesome. of knowing. And then over time, as we put that product out to market and get consumer or you know feedback from people that are in partaking in that product, we should be able to start to see some correlations between the terpenes that are in that product versus the potency, which I'm not a potency person. I could sometimes get way higher off of a 14% over a 22%, and then you look at the terpene range, or you look at what you've had in that, to eat that day. There's so many factors. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's, it's hard to define it's gonna be this, this, or that, because there's just so many elements involved, but understanding terpenes and testing terpenes and getting that information out more is gonna help, you know, guide where the, where that, where that is relevant. To demystify exactly. the plant. Good. Thank you. Wonderful, <laughs> thank you all so very much. Um, we're gonna open it up to see if there's any questions for our panelists, make them nice. It's question and possible answer. Don't be shy. If not, I'll keep asking. Yes, please come up. So I have a few friends that have had this same experience where they said, you know, I used to smoke pot all the time, but then I find that every time that I smoke pot, I just have all this anxiety. And um, is there any theories about that, or, or um, do we know why that is? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I can answer that in part. Um, we know that from uh, clinical studies that the anxiety is uh, affected by THC and it's dose dependent, so that having more ingesting more THC or smoking more THC can precipitate an anxiety attack, a panic a attack. It could be that the uh, percentage of THC has been rising in the last few years and so that people who are used to a slightly lower amount of THC are getting more and then you know, have that kind of resulting uh, anxiety attack. So I think it's been a shift in the you know, percentage of THC in, 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 in flour. And that said, low-dose THC from good studies can reduce anxiety. So it's like what we call a, a U-shaped curve, you know. You get a certain amount and it, to help with anxiety, it peaks at maybe a certain amount and it varies with the person. That's really important, it varies with your genetic, with your genetics, with your environmental experience and so on. And then if you go over that, the positive effects reduce and you start getting anxiety or paranoia or feeling overly spacey. So I think that might be you know, a partial answer to your question. Anyone else? Yeah, um, just you know, speaking on that further, I would say that if you, at least 
from some studies that I have seen as well that they say if you ingest CBD as well when you're feeling these paranoid or anxious feelings, it, act it can actually help mitigate that for you as well. So it's a good, if you are going to puff on like a strong joint, it's always good to have maybe your CBD high tincture close by just in case as that uh, recovery. Yeah. I have one other thing to add to it as cliche as it might sound, breathing is foundational and paramount and huge if you, take cannabis, you're going to amplify your experience of life, and that could be the full spectrum of life. And when, when you're breathing shallow, you're actually not activating your phrenic nerve, which runs right through the front of your chest, and that causes signals to your brain that you're not okay, you're not feeling that good. And so deep belly breathing might do wonders for you. One more thing too, yes. just store your cannabis in like a cool, dark place too, because things like sun and heat can change the chemical composition of like THC into CBN and CBN will have more paranoia effects. So aged cannabis versus like fresh cannabis can have a difference as well. Thank you for all those. I'd like to add, look at your terpenes. <laughs> look at them because those are very important Okay, so next. Hi, how are you? I like your hat. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, I'm David. I'm in from Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, yeah, and I've been actually recruited as a sales rep for um, selling medical marijuana uh, through the state of California. And, and I'm researching and trying to determine whether or not it's really a, a good thing for me to make a huge move uh this yeah i'm 52 years old and and uh, but sales is what i've done my whole life so but i've been told and and i would like y'all's opinion about this is to have a medical marijuana farm that grows say 3,000 pounds of medical marijuana and then to be able to sell it to uh distributors and or uh dispensaries there's limited numbers in the state of California. Um, and so uh, there's like 300 or 600 total dispensaries and distributors. Um, so, so unless you're a, uh, unless you're one of those dis uh, distributors, you know, that's growing pot and you have a whole vertical chain of sales, that it's, you're gonna be knocking on doors that just aren't there to, to, to open. Um, do you guys have any opinion on this, and, or is this out of the realm of what y'all are talking about? We, well, we have some people who I could mean, talk to that. It is out of the I realm of our to topic that. for tonight, but we have some amazing people on the panel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could speak to that. Uh, so in all, you have about 800 total between 500 storefronts and 300 um, delivery retailers. At the end of the day, uh, well, not the end of the day, the end of the week and the year right now, the there's a big contraction. Um, as of last month, Humboldt is the number one licensed producing cultivation in, in the state. It, we've, we overtook Santa Barbara. So Santa Barbara's having a huge backlash right now, lots of lawsuits. Like, here in Humboldt, at least the legacy is like, okay, we're here, we're moving forward, we're doing it. And at the end of the day, there's never enough weed in the world. So if you're growing a quality product and if you're not focused on doing a brand, you can find a distributor that has a brand that's going to want your product if you're producing a quality product. I don't think there's an oversupply in California right now. 
I think we're seeing a, um, a turn down in supply over the next year. And now that metric is fully enacted and every entity in the legal uh, marketplace has to be on metric, it's gonna really tighten things up over the next year, like really, really tighten things up because it's a lot of work and a lot of input and a lot of regulation. So um, I think there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity. So you made a good- Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? One more question for the end of the evening. Well, I don't know. Now I'm going to get really nervous. Does anybody have CBD? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I had spoken to Pepper, and um, I had spoken to Pepper, and we talked about uh, getting one of my children in to get, because he's got some health things. And when she said, well, I am do cannabis therapy, I said, oh, well, that scares me. And because um, I'm from Utah, and I'm just here for the weekend to visit. But do you think part of your the wall that you're up against, because you talk about education in between yourselves, but how about educating the public? Like people from me, like me, or any other place that doesn't have legalized marijuana. And I think, when I think about it, I think recreationally, everybody's out getting high. And, and so, can you speak to that? Because I, I mean, think the more that the public is educated, the more that you'll have people backing you up. Last, last month we were at a, our company was at this uh, presentation it's called CanMed. And it's a group of, you know, highly educated doctors from around the world focused on that. And so, you know, I, I have never been so excited. You know, I was born here, so cannabis is very normal to me. But I am thrilled to see, you know, the amount of energy that's going into that education. I think that you know, we'll, all, we'll, we'll continue to point to like federal legalization as being the opportunity for us to really lean into that because, you know, there is a certain element of, yeah, we want to reach those people in Utah and all these states that don't have that education and, and legally, how do we do it? So, you know, there are really passionate doctors and really educated people around the world that are trying to do that and, you know, action and activism that come from the same place. So locally in your community, it's really important to say like, I want to be healthy and you know, I choose to use a plant or I want to be choose, choose to be educated about this plant because the opportunity is there to like be healthy and happy. And I, I, you know, the success stories that we hear about cancer, about nonverbal like autistic children speaking for the first time, it's not uncommon to hear those stories. And we're fortunate to be here in Humboldt where we've been exposed to those success stories our whole life. We are, you know, if you are in a community that doesn't have that kind of education, invite any one of us, Pepper especially, you know, to your community. We all are, are willing to share what we know and there is a huge network of people that also want to share that are more educated on very specific topics for every kind of ailment that cannabis, you know, can, 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 can tackle. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, I would, yeah. Nicely done, Daniel. Nicely done. I mean, I just, I just <laughs> agree. It's, it's more like oral tradition at this point because yeah. there isn't, 
main, well, mainstream media is getting there. So main, mainstream media and the government are going to start producing more and more research that's in favor of it because there's just no other way. I mean, cannabis is good for certain medicinal issues, including epilepsy, seizures, cancer. It's, there's no turning back the clock at this point. So now it's just moving forward. It's moving forward slowly because it's uh, federally illegal, but it's going to be like Pandora's box at some point. It's going to open up and mainstream media, Sanjay Gupta and all these big, you know, media doctors are going to start producing a positive, you know, affirmation towards cannabis. And I, I honestly think that it's like, it's like vitamin C. I mean, cannabis should be looked at as a wellness part of your life. It doesn't need to be a huge factor, but it could become a supplement that isn't necessarily looking to get high, but having cannabinoids in your system because you have an endo, endo, endocannabinoid system already in your body. And so supplementing that and Absolutely. finding what works for you best is looking at cannabis as a, as a way of wellness, not necessarily a remedy for an ailment or medicine, but as a way to live in a well-being sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I fully agree with both of them. And I would like to say for those people who are not lucky enough to live in Humboldt County, which we are super blessed, these are the, this is the reason why we're doing things like this. And we're broadcasting at Facebook Live. And we're audio recording for hundreds of thousands of people around the world, honestly. I mean, I'll give a little shout out to the Humboldt Holistic Foundation and the Cannabis Holistic Institute. I mean, we're pulling together and doing these talks for free for our community but we're also recording all this to get it out there, to make it more of a norm. And like Craig said, it needs, cannabis needs to be like a supplementation. It's just normal. It, we have to normalize it. I mean, here, I feel like we are normalizing it, um, but other places, as we start to get seat, which every single month, a new state is legalized, but the education piece, I get that you being in Utah may not have it, all you have to do is get online. Like right now, there are free videos. I know personally, I've done over 40 free videos on cannabis, different terpenes, cannabinoids, combinations. We set up a platform here in Humboldt County with the Cannabis Holistic Institute, giving people who, like you were saying, like, um, what did you say? Not like folk method, but like it's kind of, it dies in the hills if these people don't have a space to come and communicate and give their knowledge on cannabis. I mean, we're talking about people in our community who are third generation, fourth generation farmers. If we don't have a platform for them to come and speak, which is something I am very proud to say that we're doing and we're holding here, then that knowledge is just going to be by the wayside. And I truly believe in the farmers that have been growing. They, I mean, they know what's up with the plant. You know, they really do. They have the research I'm personally looking for. So thank you for that question. Does anyone want to add? I just had to give that little rant because I think that we are. We're put, I am personally pushing it. That's why we had this going on tonight. I volunteered to answer 100,000 yes. people's questions. <laughs> I know. There you go. We got Gretchen. So I want to thank you all so much for coming out tonight. I, I want to be give my gratitude for our speakers. And um, if you are at all interested in tuning in, we're hoping to be doing these type of discussions. We'll have another one, hopefully in April. So please tune in if you have any ideas of as far as um, helping out. Did we have one more question? Do you guys mind just Do you guys mind? Sure. Okay, okay, one more question and then 
I already said my goodbyes. So we'll do the one question. No, gosh, no. That was kind of a, a shoddy ending. Hi. So there you go. Hi. So I'm just going to pull up some phone notes if you guys don't mind. My mother sp stood up and spoke about education, right? And it sounds like to me that bud tenders are the bridge between patients and doctor. It's one thing to educate the public. It's another to have the media behind what you stand for and to deregulate so we can provide more to patients, right? It's another to educate from my understanding. So my question to you is do you think we should have more of an emphasis to educate the bud tenders who are the bridge between the patients and the doctors? Correct me if I'm wrong, Pepper, but you currently have an institute that helps inform people. That's why I created it, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That more on a national level. You know, it's a lack of, as somebody who reads this in the news and has smoked plenty of pot, um, tried CBD, THC, tincture, um, very familiar with the industry, and I believe it has incredible med medical effects. But if I'm a Joe Blow walking into the dispensary talking with somebody who's not educated, the bud tender, right? Where does that leave me as the patient? Thank you for your time. Thank you. I'll just touch on that real quick. As a, as a brand with Talking Trees, um, it goes back to that research and development part of it. Yeah. Essentially, we're just trying to survive. But that is the main goal of our, our brand is to, you know, we do demos that are consumer uh, focused as well, but we're trying to do more videos and schedule bud tender training so that myself, our farmers, the people that are touching the plant and that have a little bit more experience with the products we produce and what goes into them can educate the bud tenders. And I think a lot of brands are doing that and realize that bud tender education is almost ahead of uh, you know, demo presentation, which is where a brand representative would represent to the consumers in, in, a, in a dispensary. So I totally agree with you. It, uh, bud tender education is extremely important and um, it should be a focus of pretty much every most brands in the industry, and I think it's becoming more prevalent as a necessity for every brand in the industry. Craig, you and I should talk after this, and we'll get all your bud tenders through the Cannabis Holistic Institute program. Sounds um, good. I, I really think that you touched on this, Brooke, but there is only a certain amount of things that you can tell them. Even if you are highly educated, really, with that title, liability, you can't say this does this like a physician could or a consultant could. Is that, is that true? Just to finish up with that question. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's true. And um, I think that, you know, some of the resources, it is up to us bud tenders to be educated for, you know, it, in the end, it does fall on us. So I think it is important that we are always constantly self-educating. And I'm a huge proponent for that within our workspace. I myself possess um, two certificates in cannabis, one from uh, Americans for Safe Access and another one's an online one, I think a cannabis training university. And I am constantly a pusher for these things, as well as your program here as well. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to see Craig's business and all of us get in there for sure. Um, but we are, you know, we're active. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'd love that. Um, but you know, we're we're actively, you know, every day trying to take steps to better the betterment of ourselves. I mean, I was just having conversations with uh, management on creating, you know, a space where we as bud tenders could be sharing these resources and a platform that opens that line of communication on a daily basis for us, so that we can be on the same page and then being able to provide the right information to our patients as well. 
Yeah, and there is, you know, there's still hurdles to getting that information out there. I mean, I'm a resource too. I'm constantly answering questions over the internet on my social media platforms, but we're encountering more and more hurdles with that because of the policies that these platforms are putting out there. They are anti-cannabis for the most part because it is still federally illegal. So as far as pushing the messages on social media, I do feel that um, you know all of us here have been huge proponents in that, but there's definitely still massive hurdles in those sectors as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are fantastic. This was phenomenal. I really appreciate spending time with you this evening. It was better than I even expected. I didn't know what to anticipate. I just knew I was going to get to see my um, friendly faces here and spend a night with you. Thank you all so much for coming out and supporting this event. It really means a lot to all of us, and I hope to continue to have more educational platforms free to our community. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much.